Hey there, my name is Sean, and this is Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story, and the people that craft and tell them. Why? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories. Grit stories. We are nearing the end of season number three dedicated to the Grit Talks and the best of. And today, we have got two stories from the Mental Health Happiest Hour, a virtual open mic that began at the end of 2020 and is still going strong. Our first story is by Shivani, who lives down in South Carolina. And our second is by Anthony, who lives in Georgia. So both of our storytellers today reside south of the Mason-Dixon line, just like this bald guy. I hope you enjoy these stories, and I thank them both for crafting them and telling them and letting me use them for The Grit Podcast. As always, check the show notes for upcoming events, including this Sunday's 99-second story, Grand Slam. It is season number six. It is co-hosted by the one and only Queen Mary Dalba out of Massachusetts, along with me. It's a lot of fun, so if you want to hear some really good 99-second maximum stories by some fantastic storytellers, join us this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll put a link, of course, in the show notes. Join us if you can. Okay, Shivani and Anthony, let's dive in. I majored in supply chain management for college. It's getting things in the right place at the right time. And so when my mother unexpectedly passed away September of 2018, I got into operation mode. My mother lived in Auburn, Alabama. And unlike other cultures and communities um, where you talk to your parents on what they'd like to do when they leave this world, Hindus have a pretty strong checklist. There are certain Hindu rituals that must be conducted when someone passes. And so here I was in Auburn, Alabama, trying to arrange the funeral rites, the last rites of my mother. And I found the flower garlands from New Jersey. I ordered the catering from an Indian restaurant in Montgomery, Alabama. I booked blocks of rooms in Auburn, Alabama for her extended family to visit. I made sure the Hindu priest uh, knew the directions to the funeral parlor. I talked to the funeral parlor about having fire inside of their facility. All things that came very easy to me, and it gave me something to do. Then the funeral was over, and I went back to Greenville, South Carolina. I was in the process of buying a new home, closed on that. I was getting my MBA part-time, and I was graduating that December, and I did it. And I went to conferences and I did my stand-up. I'm a storytelling comedian. And often the subject matter is my parents, my mom. Some people looked at me and asked, how can you do it? How can you tell stories about your mom that has passed away? And then it hit me. My mom had passed away. And it really hit me when I went to Canada in May. So I'm originally from Guelph, Ontario, Canada. That's where I was born and raised. And outside of Guelph in Toronto is the largest diaspora of Sri Lankan Tamils in the world outside of Sri Lanka. So it has this air of familiarity, clothes and foods and family. As much as my community tries to support those that are grieving, tact is not one of their strong points. An uncle came to me and said, 
oh, so sad. Your mother died before she could see you get married. And another person would say, you know, you should just move on. You had her for 32 years. And then it hit me like a rock when I got home. I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't have any purpose in life. I wasn't motivated to go to work. I was at an utter low. And I conveyed it to my family, who told me, just pray about it. It was her time. God wanted this to happen. But those words didn't soothe the lack of motivation, the despair that I had. I was super down. And I went to lunch with some of my very good friends. And I told them, guys, I'm not okay. And I told them how I was feeling. Although it had been several months since my mother had passed, the grief had settled in. It was time to focus on something that I had put off because the supply chain operations were already done. I had got everything in the right place. I had done everything in the right amount of time. I had completed all the deliverables that needed to happen for my mother's passing. But in that moment, my friends told me, what about yourself? What you're feeling is something that you should be feeling and you should be talking to someone about it. And there are things that are going to help. It's not gonna bring your mother back, but it's almost like it's raining outside. And instead of getting wet, you have an umbrella, it's still raining, but you're protected under that umbrella. And so in that moment, when I was having lunch with these friends and they shared with me their own personal struggles with mental health, I realized that that was the right place, that was the right time, and that was just the right things that I needed. Thank you. Driving to work to a job which I loathe, and it's a high-pressure tech support job, which was the best I could find in a during short after a recession. Just playing the radio and just kind of thinking of random things on the 20-minute journey, and uh, but then just two things start kind of dogfighting in my mind. The first is this meme I read or quote by Frank Zappa that said something like. If you're unhappy because you listen to preachers, the teachers, and the grown-ups, and now you're an unhappy dead-end job, well, that's on you. And it's like, yeah, I'm kind of happy. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't like the job, but it is. It pays the bills where it's adequate. And then I, another thought that was doing a dogfight in my head was um, I went to two funerals that year. I lost um, my eldest sister to an unspecified respiratory problem. Uh, she was about 13 years older than me. And then uh, it was preceded by the death of my young second oldest sister who died in a car accident. I mean, I, you know, grieved and went through some extreme emotions, but I felt fine. You know, I'm 43. I'm alive. My health is good. I got a job. I'm in a happy marriage. And there's absolutely nothing to worry about, except the sensation that's coming up the back of my neck, like, you know, someone has put a hand hot hand in the back of your hand and is slowly 
grasping it. And then this other sensation of like my face going flush and my visions blurring and the song on the radio, which I don't remember, distorting. And that's like, ah, this has happened before. This is so weird when this happens. Okay, this is not so bad. I'll just, I'll shake it off like the other day. I'll go in a room and take a few deep breaths. I'm fine. I don't It's just some condition or something. I should go to a doctor. And then I realized like my, there was red. I was seeing literal red. It was like the, the corners of my eye, every, the vision was red, the road, the signs, the overpass, the, the exit I just passed and just went to work. I'm like, okay. You know what? I'm going to use a sick day because I, I just not feeling work today. But you know what? Something is really going on. I don't know if I'm just having an allergy attack or something. So I drive my walk-in clinic and I describe my symptoms. And they said, "Do you want to sit down?" Like, I'm I'm fine. It's like, no, I'm I'm like that. I'm like I'm fine. I am fine. Do you understand? I am fine. I'm, I'm not, there's nothing wrong. Mental illness is not running this family. And it's like, sir. We can call you an ambulance, or if you can't, are you able to drive yourself? Because I think you're having some sort of attack right now, or maybe a heart attack or heart pain. This might be preceding a heart attack. Oh, okay, well, I've never been in an emergency room. So I drive. I don't know. I remember how I got there. I'm seeming to calm down a bit. Maybe a bit, you know, you know, hospitals are usually disassociating for me, but I'm kind of glad to be there because maybe they could tell me what's going on and why this thing is episode keeps happening. Take my blood pressure, it's elevated. My vitals are elevated. Everything is in there pretty much that dot is pretty much spiking pretty high on that monitor to the left of me. And finally, I call my wife and she rushes over. Uh, but in the minutes before the doctor came in, I says, all right, well, we don't think you're having a heart attack, but sir, do you have a history of panic attacks? You mean that what just happened, that happens a lot? Just seems normal for me because I mean, yeah, sometimes I have to go to a party and drink, you know, half my weight just to be able to be there and not flee from the room. You know, sometimes I got have to get up and walk out of a room where I think the sling, ceiling's going to collapse on me. I mean, this is completely normal. It's a basically wide fucked up world. I mean, who doesn't feel like this? I mean, this is normal. I think it's a perfect, healthy reaction to my life and this year and everything that's happened to me. So you're saying I have mental illness? Well, I'm not one to diagnose, but I think you need to follow up with a psychiatrist. Um, this is definitely signs of a panic attack. Complete wimps have panic attacks. Women have panic attacks. Hysterical, weak men have panic attacks. I don't have panic attacks. Mental illness not run in the family. Born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, poor Christians do not have mental illness. So, later on the psychiatrist's bench, and they said, you have a very low level, probably manageable, generalized anxiety disorder, like generalized. We're going to work on what specific triggers, but I'm going to leave the option to you if you want to go on SSRIs at this point. I realized that reviewing my life, you know, having suddenly crying fits in class when I was a child, or all the little incidents, dozens of incidents, you know, having what I thought were just rage fits. I mean, come on, who does it like just needs to grab a stack of dishes and start frisbeeing them against the wall. It felt good. It relieved a lot of pressure. So that began a process of, you know, the other things that went wrong. Being diagnosed with severe ADHD. So uh, it was kind of like the first revelation of the problems I've been having all my life. 
As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Shivani down in South Carolina and Anthony in Georgia. Appreciate your stories. Appreciate you crafting them and telling them and letting me use them here on The Grid Podcast. Check the show notes for upcoming events. The 99-second story Grand Slam. This is season number six, Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm telling you, this is a lot of fun. You get to vote a bunch of times. You hear some really good stories by some very talented people. Hope you can join us. And keep in mind, our Friday afternoon swap shop is open to the public, to you. If you want help with your stories, some feedback on your stories, we are supportive and safe and helpful, and we mean the best. So we want to help you with your stories, make you a better teller. Join us. And that is all for episode number 91, Boom.